I have just been so, uh, Pastor Andrew and I have been talking about just this, this night and, and this month uh, for quite a while. And the uh, emphasis of ministry and how we might uh, consider that together. And so uh, I've been just geared up for this, and so it's hard for me to let go of it. I'm really honestly not just trying to be stubborn. I'm not. Uh, I appreciate some of you who are uh, thinking that and, and rebuking me. It's not that I don't need your rebuke from time to time, but this is not just me being stubborn. It's just that my heart is full, and I want to share it. And so uh, this morning was a good start, and I was excited about what God was doing and want to kind of move on tonight and, and begin each week to introduce ministry. And I'm I'm very serious. I want to see us all uh, uh, making 2017 uh, with the power of the Lord to be just a unique, unique time uh, for us. Take your Bibles, if you would, and turn to 1 Corinthians, the 16th chapter. 1 Corinthians, chapter 16. We're going to kind of jump in in the middle of this. 1 Corinthians, chapter 16. We'll start at verse 13 and uh, get ourselves down to verse 15, have a word of prayer. And then uh, just make this practical as we uh, look at uh, our uh, ministry opportunities here at Southeast Baptist Tabernacle. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, starting in verse 13. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, that means act like men, be strong, let, your, let all things, all your things be done with charity. I beseech you, brethren, ye know the house of Stephanus that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Father, we pray that your blessings would be uh, upon this service, upon the year of 2017 in Southeast Baptist Tabernacle as our ministry goes forward. That God, you would uh, just burden our hearts and challenge us as in how, just how you would have us to serve. Uh, may we every one of us across uh, the room accept the responsibility of Esther to uh, accomplish what you've called us to do at just such a time as this. That we would not uh, diminish that responsibility in our minds and our hearts. Uh, that we would not shy away from it. Not be scared away from it. Uh, that we would uh, allow you to uh, use us in this year in a great way. And Father, we'll thank and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love that phrase. They've addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. What does it mean to be addicted to something? Can't keep away from it. That'd be one way. I just can't keep away from it. What else would it mean to be addicted to something? Say it again. Obsessed. Obsessed. It's like, it's, overwhelming my thoughts and everything about me. What else? Say it again. Devoted. Yes, devoted to it. I mean, I, I'm, it's, there's no cost too great. Oh, if I'm separated from it, then all of a sudden I have, I, I feel badly. It's, you know, it's not, it's not that I have to go, it's that I must go, because if I don't go, that's when I feel the worst. Worthy of sacrifice. Oh, wow. When you're addicted to something, you are controlled by it. I like it. Anything else? 
There's one other thing I thought you would say right away, even though I like all of these. You can't get enough of it. You can't live without it. Exactly. And that's what I'm asking God to do for us in uh, our attitude towards Southeast Baptist Tabernacle in 2017. That God would so work in our hearts that we would be addicted to what God is doing here in this place. That we just simply cannot get enough. That we're devoted to it. That we can't live without it. That we just, uh, we're, when we're not here, that's when it's worse. Then finally I get a break. Now, it is so funny how God works. So this morning I was using an illustration of our, of our three and four year olds. And when we got done with the service, which I did not know what was going on over there, at the end of the service, I'm bombarded by the three and four year olds. It's like, whoa, there was a lot that went on. We have this group, they're just unique. Uh, those of you who are ready for a challenge, uh, then you need to be considering that aspect of ministry. So that's another, we'll, we'll get into that in just a moment. I just had to, had to share that with you. It was fun this morning how the Lord worked that out. Um, <clears throat> as we uh, consider these things, how many unique ministries would you think we have currently here at Southeast Baptist Tabernacle? Give me a guess. Unique ministry opportunities that we could already say are available to you here at Southeast Baptist Tabernacle. Any ideas? 25. Tim says 25. Do I hear 30? <laughs> Would it surprise you to hear that there are 66 unique ministry opportunities right now, already available? Somebody's doing them. 66 of them. Somebody's doing them. Now, I would like to say that they're done by 66 unique individuals, as well as them being unique ministries, but that you know how this works. That's not, that's not always the case, but that's all right. I don't, that's not a complaint. It's really not. I'm just simply saying there are 66 unique ministry opportunities. I would like to bump that number up to about 74 at least. Uh, I'm going to introduce some new ministry opportunities for you. And, the, and when I say 74... I'm saying 74 opportunities, the, 70, the eight ministry opportunities I want to introduce to you uh, over the next few weeks would actually require the involvement, in order for them to be done right, of about 30 to 40 people. So in these 66 ministry opportunities, that's not just, for instance, Kids for Truth is one ministry opportunity. But Kids for Truth is not run by one person. Do you understand? Sunday school is one ministry opportunity. But it's not run by one person. The nursery is one ministry opportunity. Sometimes they feel like it's run by one person. But it's not uh, run by just one person. And so uh, there are 66 unique opportunities right now. And we have... so. If you don't know, now, now then I'm going to put us on the spot, all right? Say, Pastor, I'm not exactly sure what ministry opportunities you're talking about, but I'm fairly certain, Pastor, that I'm already fulfilling one of those ministry slots. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Don't be afraid. Okay, I want you to look around. That is, wow, look at that. You're looking at 80% of the congregation, maybe 90% of the congregation sitting at that is what we want to see. That is, 
What we want to be seeing in 2017 is the anything that's left out there that we don't that we're not fulfilling it. That's what we want to get plugged into. I need some of you to have some overlap. Uh, in order for all of these ministries to happen, we already have overlap. How many of you are already? You say I know I'm involved in at least two of those, Pastor. Three, four, uh, five. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That is, the numbers are starting to go down, but there are some of you who are carrying five, six, seven of those hats around with you already. And uh, that's great. I need you to have that. For instance, you might be involved in, in, in just the music category alone. You might have choir, and you might do accompanying, and you might do an offertory, and you might do special music. Those are four unique categories that you can be involved in. They have overlap, right? Makes sense. Music people would have an obvious overlap. Uh, if you don't have musical ability, then you're probably not overlapping in that category much. But you get the idea. And so what I'm asking you to do is to begin to think, pray, Lord, why am I here? God, you've brought me to Southeast Baptist Tabernacle for a reason. And that reason is as important as Esther of old. I mean this sincerely, it is. You say, well, wait a minute, Pastor. The decisions I make aren't going to keep a, a people from being destroyed. Uh, that's what you might think. But I mentioned to you this morning, and I believe this is a legitimate statement from the scripture. I believe it's true here at Southeast Baptist. That if you fail to fill your slot, to fill up the gap, that means somebody is falling through that crack. You understand? There's a family that's going to go to a shipwreck because somebody fails to get in the way. There is a soul that will not hear the gospel and will not come to Christ, at least through the ministry of Southeast Baptist Tabernacle, because somebody is failing to fill in that slot. That's a biblical perspective of what God has called us to do. So, yes, our job is as important as Esther of old. God wants us to step up to the plate and do something because it makes a difference. Do we believe it or not? Does it make a difference if I serve or not? You know, the Bible literally teaches us that you and I must, how can they believe except they hear? And how can they hear except one tell them? And so we're, we're looking at the ministries, and as we're looking at the ministries, I'm asking you to begin to pray, God, what would you have me to do? So now, tonight, what I want to kind of focus on is this. How do I know, Pastor? How do I know which one is the right one for me, right? I'm asking you to pray, and how will you know? Um, and this gets a little bit dicey. This gets a little tougher. Um, how do I know when God is answering a prayer for me? How do I know if um, this is what God wants me to do? I'm going to introduce to you 70-some-odd ministry opportunities, um, and we're going to go have to go at lightning speed to get all this done, you know, because I don't want to spend six months going through ministry and not give you an opportunity to do ministry. So we're going to spend one month going through 70-some ministries so that you can prayerfully consider how you might spend 2017. Um, I will say this to you, 
as, as carefully as I know how. I want you to understand that I do not believe that you have to, that once you become, you know, once you say, okay, pastor, I'll do this, that this is what you're doing for the next 50 years of your life, all right? This is what keeps, I think, a lot of people from volunteering, and here's why. Because once we get you in place, we don't like to let you go. I mean, how many of you know you volunteered to cover a Sunday school class for a month while somebody was out, uh, out on, ministry, on, on uh, maternity leave or something, and you're still doing it five years later? Like, how do I get out of it? And, uh, and I'm aware that sometimes we can kind of back people into a corner, and, and I don't want you to feel like that if you volunteer that... Um, we're writing your name in stone someplace, and you can never, ever get away from it. Uh, I also don't want you to go the opposite and say, well, I, you know, I'm going to limit God on what he has for me because I'm going to put a timetable on it either. I don't want you to misunderstand that, but just know that I, we're not trying to take that. If this isn't a one-time event. It's not a one-time decision. It's not a all or nothing. I'm going to do this, and you can never do anything else. That's not the case. Uh, in fact, I want you to consider it as your ministry for 2017, all right? God may change things around 2018, or he may leave you there. But I want you to say, what, God, would you have me do this year at Southeast Baptist Tabernacle? Then, secondly, I want you to, to uh, as you're praying about it, say, how do I know then, Pastor, with all these opportunities, what God would have me do? Well, somebody tell me here, real quickly, because you know this, Psalm 34, what is the great promise there in Psalm 34? It says, delight thyself, and he will do what? Okay, now, I want to be careful here. Uh, using our illustration from Esther, it was never, it seems, in the story, Esther's desire to be queen. It was never, it seems, in the story, Esther's desire to be used of God to save the Jewish people. So I don't want to play into this too much so that you limit yourself. Well, you know, unless I really want to do it, I'm not going to. Because sometimes what God has for us to do is inconvenient. Remember, we talked about that this morning. It's not always the most convenient thing for us to do. And uh, so I don't want you to simply use this. But as you're praying about this, if there's a desire stirring in your heart that, you know, pastor brings up some ministry you think you know what that one sounds interesting hello pay attention because this is the way our god works and, you know god delights in giving us what we want he's our father he's just like you are with your kids we delight in giving them what they want so when god stirs your heart towards some aspect of ministry then quit trying to convince yourself that that's not what you should be doing. Hello? Delight yourself in the Lord. Here's how I delight myself in the Lord. Lord, if you want me to, I'll do it. That's delighting myself in the Lord, right? It's like Jesus of old, not my will, but thine be done. And when we do that, when we delight ourselves in the Lord, then he is free to give us the desire of our heart. So when God stirs your heart towards something, and at some point in these conversations, I promise you, something will come along and say, wow, you know what? That sounds kind of interesting. And I'm telling you that, think about it. 
Do you think that Satan's out there trying to convince you to do ministry? No. So if there's some stirring toward ministry, it's not coming from Satan, right? It would be the Spirit of God moving, saying, this is a good idea. Hello. Pay attention. So, Pastor, how do I know? Well, look for that stirring. Look for that desire, because God delights in giving us the desire of our heart. That's what he wants to do. So, Pastor, how do I know what God wants me to do? Well, let me give you another way. You might say, Pastor, I'm willing to do this, this, and this. And I look at you and say, well, we don't need anybody doing those. We've got those jobs all covered. Oh, I tried. No. No, 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 no. You can't cop out that easily. Not because your pastor says so, because your Savior says so. Right? You understand? God expects us to be doing, busy about his work. And so, you know, if the door of opportunity isn't open, we have to accept as from the Lord that that's not our door of opportunity. You understand? So, yes, we can volunteer for things, but if that door is not open, then rather than get discouraged, we simply pray about, okay, then maybe there's another direction. Maybe there's something else that I should be looking at, some other way that I could be used of God to minister to his people, to minister to the gospel, to minister to a lost and dying world. And so we begin to look for other things. As we're praying about this, say, Lord, I'm ready, 2017, show me something that you would have me to do in 2017 here at Southeast Baptist Tabernacle that would make a difference. Something that would be meaningful, that would, that would uh, impact the lives of this church family and the lives of our community and the lives of unsaved people that might, we might come into contact with. And so we're going you know, to seek out what, his, what desire he puts in our heart. We're going to look for the opportunity. Remember the Apostle Paul said, there's a great door and effectual opened unto me. If there's a door open, what should you do? Say it out loud, Jonathan. Walk through, Walk through it. Hello. Do you realize, well, wait a minute, Pastor. What if, what if the door is open, but that's not my door? Do you not think that the God who opens the door isn't capable of closing it? Hello. If the door is open, walk through it. I don't know how, I'm, how hard to make this. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm not sure which direction I'm supposed to go. And God keeps opening a door, and we just want to pray about it forever. Hello, walk through the door. How do I know if it's God's will? Because the God who opens the door can close it if he wants to. Right? Again, do you think Satan is opening the door of ministry opportunity to your life? No. So if the door is open, walk through it. That's the goal. That's the idea. I'm not sure, Pastor. I'm praying about it. What should I do? What do you want to do? I'm not sure, Pastor. I'm praying about it. What should I do? What door is open to you? This is how we decide what God would have us to do. So I'm asking you to start praying about it, and now I'm asking you to begin to be ready to put feet to the prayers when the God of heaven opens the door of opportunity, gives desire, 
whatever in your heart and life. Now, some things, by the way, you can never run out of opportunity. For instance, um, we've never yet had the choir full. Amen, Pastor Andrew? The door of opportunity is never going to be closed. I, 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 don't, I can't imagine in my wildest imagination us coming up and saying, I'm sorry, we don't want any more people in the choir. It's not going to happen. Right? So some things have a constant door of opportunity. There it is. It's open to you. Uh, other things, you know, there's just, they're just not that way. Uh, I don't really need seven Sunday school teachers for one Sunday school class. Right? So there's just only so many opportunities for those kinds of things. And so, uh, you know, you just have to begin to pray. God, what would you have me do? God, what desire would you lay upon my heart? God, what door are you going to open? And then when the time comes and the door is open and you might have to say like Esther, you know, this isn't really the door I was expecting to have open. But God, this is the door you've opened. So I'm going to walk through it. And watch God make a difference in the people around you when you did something that you didn't expect God to use you to do. Wow. Uh, when Melody and I got married, we both had an expectation of our lives. And that expectation did not include pastoring a church. It did not. In fact, Melody said to me, I'll marry you on one condition. I'm not making it up. I don't want to be a pastor's wife, she said. So if you promise me you're not going to be a pastor... We're good. Don't worry about it because God's not called me to be a pastor. So we're good. We were good for three whole years. <laughs> and I've been your pastor ever since. You know, four years now, whatever, I don't know. Uh, and I've been your pastor ever since. So God does strange things, right? And some, all of a sudden you find yourself being used in ways that you never anticipated but that's okay, because I don't regret being your pastor. You may regret it from time to time. I don't regret it. I don't think Melody regrets being the, the wife of your pastor. She may regret it from time to time, but that's another story. And uh, so that's what we're looking at. God, what would you have me to do? All right, so I'm going to go through some things very quickly, practically, from a practical perspective on ministry. I'm asking you in your prayer to say, God, don't just make me, give me an opportunity, God, addict me to the ministry of the saints. Make it to where I simply cannot do without serving my Savior. I want, I want ministry to become so much a part of my life that I have to have it. That's what these people were. What a tremendous testimony. And so let me go through some things. I've divided up our ministry opportunities into several different slots. I'll give you the slots tonight so you can begin to pray about just the slots. One is edification. That's someone who comes alongside somebody and encourages in some kind of activity. Encourages fellow Christians for the most part. You can't really edify an unsaved person apart from the gospel, right? But you can encourage fellow Christians. And so we have ministries that fit in this ministry of, ed of edification. Tell me someone in the scripture you know who is known for being an edifier. Jonathan. Barnabas. His name means son of consolation, son of comfort. He was known for coming alongside. He, here's what Barnabas did. Uh, Barnabas and Paul uh, go out. They take John Mark. John Mark and, and uh, Paul 
have a falling out. And Barnabas comes alongside John Mark and encourages John Mark in such a way that at some point later on, Paul says, bring John Mark to me because he is profitable for the ministry. Wow. Because Barnabas came alongside and built him up in spite of the fact that Paul had kind of written him off, right? Barnabas is that son of consolation. So that's this, there's a whole category of the ministries that our church accomplishes that are for the sole purpose of coming alongside Christians, fellow Christians, and edifying them. Some of these ministries do not exist yet. Many of them do. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven of them that are already in existence that fall into this category of edifying. And uh, many of you are already doing them. You say, I didn't realize that's what that was. Well, okay. I'll tell you about what they are later on. Tonight we're just dealing with the categories. It's one of those that's edifying. And maybe you say, Pastor, that's, I believe that's kind of what my heart's desire is, just to help someone who's you know, just needing some refreshing. Um, can you think of anybody else in the scripture that was good at edifying? Say it again. Ananias with Paul, with Saul, who you know, came and, and uh, Saul was blind and he comes to Ananias and Ananias then takes him and says, after he has his sight back and, and Ananias says, Saul, let me take you and introduce you to the other fellow believers who are scared half out of their wits at your presence because you're trying to kill them. But this is our now our brother, Saul, who is repented and accepted Jesus Christ as Savior. And Ananias comes alongside Saul and gets Saul kind of going. Uh, nobody thinks much about Ananias, but he gets him going. Can you think of anybody else? Jonathan with David. Jo- this is an amazing story, right? Who is the rightful heir to the throne? Jonathan. And yet Jonathan understands more than his dad does. Jonathan understands that God has selected David to be the next king. And rather than be offended, Jonathan loves David as his own soul. Wow. Isn't that incredible? And becomes David's best friend. And it's just an incredible thing. How in the world could they be friends when they should be enemies? Because Saul, Jonathan's dad, is trying to kill David. And Jonathan is David's best friend. Because he's come alongside. I think of the, uh, I can't remember who they are, but one of the mighty, a couple of, a few of the mighty men of David. Remember when David said, oh, what I wouldn't give for a drink from that brook over there that's in the enemy territory. And then they disappear, and they come back with water. And David says, I could never drink this. This represents too much love for me to take for granted. And he pours it out before the Lord as an offering. Wow. Because some people just do a great job of encouraging you, right? When you need encouragement. Maybe that's you. You say, Pastor, that's kind of where I feel like I fit in. Great. We got at least 11 or so ministry opportunities for you to jump into, to begin edifying and strengthening one another. There's outreach ministries. Outreach meaning we're trying to get the gospel to those who need to hear it most. Now, by the way, can I just say this? All of us are called by God to be involved in outreach ministry. This isn't an either or, all right? All of us are called by God to be involved in outreach ministry. Having said that, there are some that God's going to use in edifying, and there are some that God's going to use in outreach in in unique ways. I know that. So there's outreach ministries we have currently 
one, two, three, four, five unique ministries. You say, well, pastor, it seems like we should have more than that. Well, okay, you might say Sunday school is an outreach ministry, but I don't count that one as an outreach ministry. I'll explain it as we go along. Uh, you might say that, I mean, everything we do, every church service is a potential outreach ministry. I know that, but that's potential. That's not purposed, right? A purposed outreach ministry is knocking on a door. A purposed outreach ministry is passing out a tract. A pers- purposed outreach ministry is going to the, the uh, uh, nursing homes and, and et cetera. So those are purposed outreach ministries. And so we have five of those currently, and I've got three more that I want to introduce to you as we consider these, four more I want to introduce you as we consider these uh, times going on. So there's outreach. And some of you say, that's your passion. Your passion is to take the gospel to a lost and dying world. You say, well, that, that's what stirs my heart, Pastor. Then guess what? Guess what? Again, do you think the devil's stirring your heart toward this? No. So where should you be spending your energy and your effort in 2017 through Southeast Baptist Tabernacle Ministry? Outreach ministries. That's where it is. There's service ministries. Some of you are known for just a servant's heart. You just, you know, if, you know, it's like if you see somebody uh, dragging the uh, trash bag out to the dumpster, somebody jumps out there and, here, let me get that for you, right? It's that person, uh, that person who just, they're they're just service-oriented. Can you think of somebody in the Bible who's service-oriented? Martha is uh, one that we use often. Uh, you've got to be careful because Martha is actually rebuked for that somewhat. Uh, she's, and she got caught up so much in service that she forgot what the service was all about. And uh, Martha would be one. Can you think of any others? Dorcas would be probably the primary one. Good old Dorcas. There's a name for your kids. Um, be careful. I have a cousin named Dorcas. She's actually with the Lord now. Uh, but um, her sister, Georgiana, and we called them Dork and George all of my life. And we didn't mean anything bad by it. That's just what we called them, Dork and George. But uh, anyway, Dorcas in the scripture is known for her. When, when she died, everybody came and said, wow, and wept because of all that she had done in service. Read Romans chapter, 15, chapter 16, I'm sorry. Remember the Apostle Paul says, I commend unto you, and the very first name on the list is, you know, Phoebe, thank you, somebody over here. I commend to you Phoebe. And he begins the list in Romans 16, all kinds of people who have just been a help to him in the ministry, who just come alongside and help get things done. You know, it's that person who sees you setting up chairs for the visitors and runs and starts grabbing chairs. It's that person, you know, it's that kind of helps ministry, a service ministry. And uh, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight currently couple, three more I'd like to see us add in there of service ministry. Say, Pastor, those things just stir my heart. I feel very comfortable. And by the way, comfort is not the criteria for choosing what we do. But the desire of our heart is legit. All right? That's legit. Say, Pastor, I, just, I feel really comfortable about just doing those service ministries. Fine. We've got great opportunities for you to get involved in. And you might have to have some overlap. In other words, for all these ministries to take place, it's not like well, I do my one, and the rest of them are up to somebody else. That's not how this happens. It doesn't work that way. 
There's no way in the world a church our size takes upon itself 75 unique ministries with, own, with everybody doing just one job, especially since some of those ministries require 20, 30 people already. I mean, Pastor Andrew, how many is on your youth staff? Eight. So there's Pastor Andrew, Miss Jessica, and eight others on their youth staff. You understand? That's, it doesn't just happen. It's collective. And so uh, service ministries. I'm running out of time, I know. Uh, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven more to go. I won't spend as much time on the rest of my promise. We have children's ministries. Pastor, I love kids. Well, good, then we've got a three- and four-year-old class. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Pastor, I, I just really enjoy being with kids. Now, I'm, I do mean that sincerely, honestly. If we had more people, then what we could do is take those 13, it's called divide and conquer, you know? Let's take those 13 kids that are just right at that age where they're just a lot of fun and make them into two groups of six kids that are still a lot of fun, just not so much work. You get the idea? And, but you got to have people to make that happen. And so you say, I like kids, Pastor. Fine, and we've got great ministry opportunities for you. Between Sunday school, children's church, nurseries. We have three children's churches. We have uh, five Sunday schools we have for kids. Uh, we have nurseries. We have Wednesday nights uh, groups going on. We have all kinds of kids' ministry. Vacation Bible school. Uh, I'd like to see us consider a day camp uh, for one week. When our teenagers now, because they go to public, the public school teenagers, they get off two weeks in the fall, two weeks in the spring. And we can keep complaining about it, because I do, I complain about it. I think it's horrible that they have that kind of schedule. If you like it, too bad. I don't. It cut our summer down to eight weeks, so that the church is now limited to eight weeks to minister to your teenagers. I think that's wicked. And I think it's an, I do, I mean, I think it's an attack on the church's ministries for the summer. Summer camps are like hurting. Wow, they've gone to a ten, from a 10, 11-week schedule to an 8-week schedule. It's a killer for what God's trying to do with that kind of ministry. That's just my opinion. But I can keep complaining about it, or I can say, wow, I've got two weeks in the fall, I can do something unique. Like we could take our teenagers, train them to run a youth camp, and we could do a day camp for five days, and our teenagers are actually like earning money to go to camp in the summer, and learning how to minister at the same time. Wouldn't that be cool? So I can keep complaining about it, which I'll still do, or I can embrace it and say, while we've got this opportunity, let's do something with it, right? Got some children's ministries. Okay, I'm taking up too much time. We have technical. Pastor, I am a techie. Good. I am not. I'm not. Right now, Andrew and JD run all of our technical stuff except for the sound booth. They do. If I need a poster made, I usually call up on my son. Uh, if we need something done on the website, it's Andrew JD. Uh, if we need, you know, something done on Facebook, it's Andrew JD. They're the ones that do it. You know, they're, they're conveniently there, and they know what to do. I don't. And, uh, but say, Pastor, I really enjoy that kind of stuff. Good. Andrew JD would love to share some of that with you. They're tired of me asking them all the time. Uh, you know, so there you go. There's great things for you to consider. Uh, being involved with. And the sound booth, of course, it's its own monster. Uh, Brother Rick kind of watches over the sound booth, and, uh, but there's so much opportunity there alone, and uh, so there's that technical side of how things work. Um, there's this wonderful thing. I, I do not like live streaming. I do not like live streaming because I say things that I don't necessarily want everybody 
to here. And so I like being able to put stuff on the air later when I don't have to, you know, uh, and it can be edited out. Uh, for instance, if I say something about, um, and I'm not trying to be cruel, I'm not, but if I say something about, you know, Muslims, or if I say something about uh, our government, which, by the way, I could say a lot about both of those, uh, I'm not necessarily out there trying, I'm, I'm not one of those people that want to just make a name for being an in-your-face type of preacher. I'm not afraid of saying things, but I do not, I do not need the headache of having homosexuals being picketing our church because I have said publicly that homosexuality is a sin. You don't have to edit that out, by the way. Put that on the air. I don't really care. That's true. But I'm not out there just in your face trying to, trying to do that. I remember uh, passing by some, some church things, church signs, and it's like, you're just trying to stir up trouble. That's not what our goal is, right? So I don't put a church sign out there and just try to insult people into thinking that we know how to take a stand. So, you know, I don't like live streaming, but there is this wonderful thing called live Facebook thing, right? Facebook Live or whatever it's called. I like that because that's just going to your Facebook friends, not going to the general public and live streaming, right? So I wouldn't mind being able to let our, you know, let's say you have a Golden Prayer Warrior who's now a shut-in and they can't make it to the church service. Wouldn't it be neat if they could just watch live what's happening in the church service? That'd be cool. I don't mind that as much, but live streaming scares me because it's open to the general public, and I don't, I don't know how you make all that happen. I'm just telling you, I'm not a techie. So there you go. Uh, how about these? Music. Music is its own category. Uh, either you are musical or you're not. I'm aware. But let me say this to you. If you're musical... You have ability, and you're not involved in our music program? To whom much is given? Much? Yeah. You don't have to answer your pastor for it. I may never know that you're musical. It's not like I stand around. I mean, I walk around and listen to people sing while we're having congregationals. I, I don't do that. You know, so I don't know. But if you've got the ability... You better figure out how you're going to answer to God for not using it. You know? Because God didn't give it to you to sit on the pew. Hello. So you can stop praying. You understand? You don't have to say, Lord, what would you have me do? Hello. There's a door open. Walk through it. Do you understand? Now, if you can't sing, let me help you close the door. <laughs> Some of you have no business doing it. I'm not trying to be mean about it. You just, you know what? It's not for you. Take it as of the Lord. But, uh, but if you can, then put it to work. God's given it to you for a reason. And ministry is God's reason, right? What does he love so much that he gave his only begotten son for? Well, you, but the church right? Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. But that's how much he loves the church. He loves the church so much that he's gifted you to edify the church. Hello. Quit praying. Just do. Walk through the door. Uh, some music. All right. I'm, there you go, Pastor Andrew. That's your commercial. Um, missions. 
I'm not ready to be a missionary. I'm not saying that. Southeast Baptist Tabernacle has a missions ministry. Right, Brother Mike? We have a mission. We minister to missionaries. And we have an opportunity. Can I say this? I said to you the day that he moved in over there, we have an opportunity to get to know one of our missionaries. I'd like for you to invite them to lunch and get to know them. So we've missed a window of opportunity in many cases. But he is going to be there for another couple of weeks. And he'd love to come to your house to lunch. I mean, honestly, he's sitting to the place that he's, everything's slowed down. He's no longer on deputation. He's been commissioned. He's ready to leave. He, they literally, he said, everything's packed. The container's gone. We have a suitcase. We're ready to get on the plane. We're just waiting for the plane to take off. He said, Pastor, do you have a snowblower, or a, not a snowblower, do you have a leaf blower that I could use? To, I just need something to do. He wants to clean off the, uh, the driveway. I'm like, but Mike, we have people that take care of the ministry house. Don't worry about it. I just want something to do. Well, hello. Hello. Opportunity. Get to know one of our missionaries. There you go. A couple weeks. You're running out of time. I'm trying to get you a free lunch, brother. I'll do everything I can. <laughs> Invite yourself to his house, you know. He's got a, he's got a nice house over there. You say, I haven't seen the inside of the house yet. Pick up a bucket of chicken. Boneless chicken. <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> Miss Cindy doesn't like bone-in chicken. But anyway, pick up some chicken, go over and have lunch with them at the ministry house. So you can see it at the same time. Wow, I didn't know this was that nice. Maybe I should be a missionary. There you go. Okay. Um, you get the idea. So uh, we have all kinds of missions, tr missions trips we're going to talk to you about uh, coming up during the missions conference. We've got all kinds of things going on. So uh, missions projects, just different things. Administration. This is your pastor's weakness. I, uh, administration to me is like a, a burden. It is. If I have to have one more meeting, I'll scream. I just, I hate meetings. You know, I just, let's just get busy doing, you know. Okay, we met, let's get. You know, I, I'm just, I, I'm not one of those kinds of guys. So, uh, you know, it, it's not my strength to administrate, to make sure that all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. Not my strength. I, 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 I'm just being honest with you, it's not. So you say, you know, well, Somebody needs to actually know that there's a wedding here this Saturday, and that means that there's a wedding rehearsal here this Friday. David Gebby's getting married that wedding. Pastor, I didn't know we didn't really announce it. I'm just being honest. No, we didn't really, because they're limited in, in what they can do financially, and so they're just not inviting this big, huge group of people. I'm just being honest. Would they love for you to come to the wedding? Yes. Uh, if you can come to the wedding and... and not be offended that you've not been invited to the reception because they can't afford to cover everybody. And that's, I, I, I promise them it would not matter to you one, one way or another. So anyway, that's this Saturday. And but somebody needs to know that, you know, there's things going on and you kind of administrate that and it all happens. And right now, Pastor Andrew and I and Miss Faith kind of share all of that, you know, loosely fitting. But wouldn't it be nice just to have somebody meet people here and say, oh yeah, this is time, we make sure the church is open for you. So, you, know, you know who does it? I live here, I do it. I live on the property, not that I care, it's not that big a deal, I walk across, it really is heartbreaking. I have to walk all the way across and unlock the door. But you get the idea, just, just opportunities for administration. You say, Pastor, I'm really good at that kind of organization. Boy, have I got five or six jobs for you. Uh, and so uh, I've got them down there. Uh, training, uh, we spend a lot of time training people 
we have spent a lot of time getting you through this, this uh, continue book from West Coast. And now we'd like to take that to new church members, which we have tonight to introduce you to, and take that to new Christians and take that and, and just keep that going with uh, new converts classes and new membership classes and discipleship classes and these kinds of things going on, Bible studies and things. So um, ministry opportunities. And last one is fellowship groups. We currently have, how many fellowship groups do we have currently operating in the church? Any ideas? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven by my count, right? They are Golden Prayer Warriors. Hello. That's what we call a fellowship group, right? Uh, there's not a Golden Prayer Warriors Sunday School class. It's a fellowship group. And now some of these are Sunday School classes, but they're also fellowship groups. Uh, our, you know, our college career uh, recharge class is one. A refuge class, Young Mary's. Uh, ladies Sunday School class, but also a ladies fellowship group. The teenagers. Uh, the gift class. G-I-F-T. What does it stand for? That. Something in faith together. Growing in faith together. Is that what it was? Growing in faith together. There you go. So uh, that's the gift class. And so these are already in place fellowship groups that you can be involved with. They're Sunday school classes, but they go beyond Sunday school. And so you say, because you know, some of you, like, you teach a Sunday school class. So, you know, you can't be a part of that Sunday school class, but you can actually be a part of the fellowship group, you understand? And the reason for those things is to bring you in closer. I know I'm way over time probably. I gotta, oh, wow. Let's pray. I'm sorry. Man, who got me all wound up tonight? Heads bowed, eyes closed. I'm not gonna ask you to do anything other than pray. Father, show us what you would have us to do in 2017 burden our hearts for some aspect of the ministry of Southeast Baptist. Open a door. Give us a desire. And then help us to get up and go. Make 2017 such a unique time for our ministry.